Introduction of the Mummy, a Tale of the Twenty-Second Century. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Amy Graymore. The Mummy, a Tale of the Twenty-Second Century, by Jane Loudon. Introduction. I have long wished to write a novel, but I could not determine what it was to be about. I could not bear anything commonplace, and I did not know what to do for a hero. Heroes are generally so much alike, so monotonous, so dreadfully insipid, so completely brothers of one race, with the family likeness so amazingly strong. This will not do for me thought I, as I sauntered listlessly down a shady lane one fine evening in June. I must have something new, something quite out of the beaten path. But what? Ah, that was the question. In vain did I rack my brains. In vain did I search the storehouse of my memory. I could think of nothing that had not been thought of before. It is very strange, said I as I walked faster, as though I hoped the rapidity of my motion would shake off the sluggishness of my imagination. It was all in vain. I struck my forehead and called wit to my assistance. But the malignant deity was deaf to my entreaty. Surely, thought I, the deep mine of invention cannot be worked out. There must be some new ideas left. If I could but find them to find them however was the difficulty thus lost in meditation i walked onwards till i reached the brow of a hill and a superb prospect burst upon me a fertile valley richly wooded studded with sumptuous villas and romantic cottages and watered by a noble river that wound slowly its lazy course along spread beneath my feet and lofty hills swelling to the skies, their summit lost in the clouds, bounded the horizon. The sun was setting in all its splendor, and its lingering rays gave those glowing tints and deep masses of shadow to the landscape that sometimes produce so magical an effect. It was quite a Claude Lorraine scene, and more fully to enjoy it I entered a hayfield and seated myself upon a grassy bank. The day had been sultry and the evening breeze as it murmured through the foliage felt cool and refreshing it is a lovely world thought i notwithstanding all that cynics can say against it our own passions bring misery upon our heads and then we rail at the world though we only are in fault why should i seek to wander in the regions of fiction why not enjoy tranquilly the blessings heaven has bestowed upon me I felt too indolent to answer my own question. A delicious stillness crept over my senses, and the heaving chaos of my ideas was lulled to repose. A majestic oak stretched its gnarled arms in sullen dignity above my head. Myriads of busy insects buzzed around me, and woodbines and wild roses, hanging from every hedge, mingled their perfume with that of the new-mown hay. I reclined languidly on my grassy couch, listening to the indistinct hum of the distant village, and feeling that delightful sense of exemption from care, which a faint murmur of bustle afar off gives to the weary spirit, when suddenly the bells struck up a joyous peal, the cheerful notes now swelling loudly upon the ear, 
then sinking gently away with the retiring breeze, and then again returning with added sweetness. I listened with delight to their melody, till their softness seemed to increase. The sounds became gradually fainter and fainter. The landscape faded from my sight. A soft languor crept over me. In short, I slept. It would be of no use to go to sleep without dreaming, and accordingly I had scarcely closed my eyes when methought a spirit stood before me. His head was crowned with flowers, his azure wings fluttered in the breeze, and a light drapery, like the fleecy vapor that hangs upon the summit of a mountain, floated round him. In his hand he held a scroll, and his voice sounded soft and sweet as the liquid melody of the nightingale. "'Take this,' he said, smiling benignantly. "'It is the chronicle of a future age. "'Weave it into a story. "'It will so far gratify your wishes "'as to give you a hero totally different "'from any hero that ever appeared before. "'You hesitate,' continued he, again smiling, "'and regarding me earnestly. I read your thoughts, and see you fear to sketch the scenes of which you are to write, because you imagine they must be different from those with which you are acquainted. This is a natural distrust. The scenes will indeed be different from those you now behold. The whole face of society will be changed, new governments will have arisen, strange discoveries will be made, and stranger modes of life adopted. The restless curiosity and research of man will then have enabled him to lift the veil from much which is, to him at least, at present a mystery, and his powers, both as regards mechanical agency and intellectual knowledge, will be greatly enlarged. But even then, in the plenitude of his acquirements, he will be made conscious of the infirmity of his nature, and will be guilty of many absurdities, which, in his less enlightened state, he would feel ashamed to commit. To no one but yourself has this vision been revealed. Do not fear to behold it. Though strange, it may be fully understood, for much will still remain to connect that future age with the present. The impulses and feelings of human creatures must, for the most part, be alike in all ages. Habits vary, but nature endures and the same passions were delineated, the same weaknesses ridiculed by Aristophanes, Plautus, and Terence, as in after-times were described by Shakespeare and Moliere, and as will be in the times of which you are to write, by authors yet unknown. But still you hesitate? You object that the novelty of the illusions perplexes you? This is quite a new kind of delicacy, as authors seldom trouble themselves to become acquainted with a subject before they begin to write upon it. However, since you are so very scrupulous, I will endeavor, if possible, to assist you. Look around. I did so, and saw, as in a magic glass, the scenes and characters which I shall now endeavor to pass before the eyes of the reader.